say what I feel Miami has so much appeal A great place to get a seafood meal Miami Miami, Miami You've got style Hi there fellow Golden Girls super fans. I'm Carrie Doherty and I am H. Allen Scott, a.k.a. Sadie Pines. And as you all know, we have lost our beloved Rose Nyland Betty White, who passed away on New Year's Eve, just shy of her 100th birthday. It has obviously been a very rough week for the entire Golden Girls community. Um, we hear, we are here with you. We love you. Uh, and so today we are releasing two special episodes to celebrate her life and her inimitable talents. Um, Good a, word. Good word. Thank you. Um, uh, we have a, this, today is going to be a tribute episode. Um, we're going to talk about Betty. We're going to celebrate her and just kind of express everything that we're feeling right now. And that includes all of you. We asked you all to send us voice messages expressing what Betty meant to you. And we'll play some of those later in the episode. We're also going to hear from two Golden Girls VIPs of the podcast, Elliot Glazer and Alaska Thunderfuck. Uh, and then our other episode that you guys can also check out, it's a re-release of the best of Rose moments, which, you know, just felt fitting to listen to today. Yeah. 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 We, we, we had, like I said, on the best of Rose intro, um, which we both released both episodes today, uh, that we, there was a lot of plans around, Betty White's 100th birthday. You know what I mean? There was the the movie theater sort of celebration of like Golden Girls episodes, I think, or like clips from Betty White's life. I, I don't know exactly what that was, but there was a thing happening for it. I saw it when I went to go see Spider-Man. I saw a preview for the Betty White 100th birthday thing, which I was like, wow, okay. Um, and the People Magazine cover she was on. So there was a lot of things happening around Betty White's birthday. So it... it it, I mean, she was in the ether and very much active on sort of social media, and she was. People were talking about Betty White, and then this. So it's sort of, it's, it's jarring. I think is the word for mm-hmm. it. It's very jarring. Yeah, you know, it, like, and you and I have, you know, we've talked a little bit, uh, kind of off camera, off recording, off whatever, uh, about our feelings and and stuff. And I think so many people. It's so weird, you know. Like you were saying, you know she was 99 years old. Like we were blessed to have had her as long as we did on this earth. And, but it was still like, like hard to process. And, um, and you know, I, it, it sounds silly, but for me with Betty White still here, it, it still felt like a piece of the golden girls was still here with us on earth. And I don't think the show's ever going to be forgotten. It's too timeless, but it does exist differently now. It's, and I, I know I already, I, I, I've said this once before, we just did a, an NPR interview for the morning edition as well, that it's, it feels like there was a balloon and we were holding it and walking along, holding this balloon for years and years and years and years. And then we just accidentally let go of it and we're watching it now go up into the sky. And we'll always have the memory of that balloon in our hand, but like... I don't know why I'm comparing Betty White to a balloon. What am I doing? I mean, she would, she would appreciate it. She would appreciate it. I will say my friend, my friend sent me, which I think sums up so perfectly this cartoon, which I'll save and I'll post it because it's such a perfect cartoon. Although it does make me feel like I'm 108 years old because this is something that my grandma would do. She would save 
cartoons from the newspaper and like show them to me because she thought they it's were amazing. funny and I was just like okay grandma um, but it's it's Betty White uh, sort of going up to the pearly gates in heaven and um, it, it, she's surrounded by animals which I think is just so so perfect and the quote from what's the Christian guy who's the guy at the gate what's his name Oh, is it Peter? Peter? Is, it, is it Peter? I don't really know, but it's him. I, I fell asleep a lot during CCD. I'm sorry. Yeah, I don't really know a lot about that, but it's it's some old man at a gate. Paul? And Paul, maybe? I don't I know. Don't anyway, know. he says, um, it says so much about your life and legacy if people think you died too soon at 99, and, mm. which I think is so, so true. And it there's there's signs pointing opposite ways of... Mary Tyler Moore reunion this way, Golden Girls reunion this way, which it's just, it gets you. It gets you when mm-hmm. you see stuff like that and this person is so sweet to you. And for me personally, I mean, I I posted today a um, series of video, po- or photos of me as Sadie Pines, obviously, in that gold, I wore a gold dress to sort of honor the goal, the passing of the Golden Girls, all four girls, and and to be golden in a lot of ways, to to really sort of honor them and and honor what they've done for me. Because I I mean I was thinking about it and so much of my identity, of my life, of my career, of myself as a performer, as a person, how I connect with people, how I make friends with people, how you and I connected, how how so much of my relationships with people are based in the Golden Girls and are based in my love of the Golden Girls down to, you know, the tattoo on my body or my professional sort of stand-up career and how I started doing jokes like Dorothy and I would try to deliver jokes like Dorothy because that's that was how I learned stand-up in a lot of ways. And and then how through drag I kind of became Blanche and it's, it's this sort of, this weird through line that the Golden Girls is forever a constant thing and and like you were saying with your beautiful metaphor about a balloon with the passing (laughs) of Betty White it does feel like part of my identity is gone and Mm -hmm. that that part of and and me and what I do in my life and what we do with this podcast and what we do in general in our lives and with Sadie Pines etc is that I sort of keep talking about Golden Girls I keep sort of referencing but I, I get worried that like 20 years from now people won't know the reference of Shady Pines, you know what I mean? Or they won't, like all of those things, it's it's a very somber moment, um, but it's also a very bittersweet moment because we have so much of her and them left to love and relish. And, and also I was gonna say, this is when we started the podcast, it was in 2014, right? 2014? Correct. And uh, B. Arthur, Rue McClanahan and Estelle Giddy had already passed away mm-hmm. and we had those moments of where were you when you found out each girl passed away. And this is the first one of the girls that we've, that has passed away while we've been doing the podcast. Mm-hmm. Um, How did so, you find out? I didn't, I never asked you. Yeah, I was on the couch. I was, so I, I wake up, I was all, you know, sort of, it was New Year's Eve. So I was just on the couch drinking coffee, sort of scrolling through like wishing people happy new year and stuff because I hate doing it late at night. So I always try to do it earlier in the day. And so I was texting friends, different people about happy new year stuff and just texting. And then I saw someone post the TMZ post, which I I hate that they're always the first, but they are. Um, And I saw the post and then I didn't really want to think about it. So I just started posting. I was like, okay, 
I'm going to get a lot of messages about this. You're going to get a lot of messages about this. We have to do something on this. So I'm going to post on our social accounts that about this just to show that, yes, we're aware of this and, and make it a place that people can connect and come together and comment and, you know, reply to each other and sort of create what we've done all these years, sort of create a space for people to interact about the Golden Girls. And a, a community. Really fun, a community, yeah. Mm-hmm. And that's, I felt it was really important in that moment for us to do that. So that's what I did. I was on the couch in my PJs, petting my cat, drinking coffee. <laughs> oh, it's so fitting. I can picture you there with Fraser and your coffee. Yeah. Um, I was, well, you were the first person I heard it from, but I, I was actually out with my friend Shannon walking around the neighborhood with Zelda pushing her in the stroller and my friend Dave called Dave Quinn, who's been a guest on the podcast before, who just also has a great book. I will great, say. great yes. book about if you're a Real Housewives fan, um, you need to check it out. It's a great book. And I Dave, read it cover to cover. Dave works for People Magazine and had called me, and I was like, oh, "I'll just call Dave when I get back home." So because I was out, you know, walking outside with my friend Shannon, and um, and when I got home, I had just gotten back inside, and. Matt got an Apple Watch and gave it to me because he got it as a gift. And I'm like still getting used to it. And I get a ding on my watch as I'm like taking Zelda out of the stro- or out of the car seat in the stroller and everything. And I look down at the watch and it opens the text message from you that just says no in all caps. And I Typical looked up me. at Matt. <laughs> I so being so dramatic. And I looked up at Matt and I said, oh no. And he said, what? And I said, I bet Betty White just died. And and then, you know, less than a minute later, I think he had texted the article and I just, I sank. I just, it was like, it, I know I keep using the balloon reference. It's so silly, but it, it really is. And, and one of our, our lovely fans who left a message said this, and I agree, which is that Betty White owes us nothing. But it, and I and I hate to put this kind of pressure for Betty White to think that there was much this much pressure on her to continue living, but it really did feel like a small piece of me just floated away and I sank and it was and I'm sure you know as time goes by we're all going to continue to celebrate Betty and the rest of the girls and the Golden Girls forever, but I think just because. You and I have obviously always been fans of the Golden Girls, but you're right. This is the first time one of the women has passed since we've been a greater part of the Golden Girls community, since it has extended beyond just a few of our friends here and there, or just ourselves at 10 o'clock at night watching the DVDs, you know, before you could stream them anywhere or watching the reruns. And my friend Kim, because like you, I was getting a lot of text messages, I'm sure like a lot of Golden Girls fans. And my friend Kim Bell so perfectly put it, which is, I think, maybe why I'm feeling the way I'm feeling. She said, in reference to Betty, as a legend, she's immortal. As a woman, she was only human. But man, was that easy to forget. And I totally agree. Like, she was just a human. And Mm -hmm. and yet she was so much more to so many people. And, And I think another thing that is, like, incredible to think about and I think Matt had read this somewhere, New Year's Eve, right? People, I mean, it's COVID, so who knows, but that's that's the one night of the year when people tend to be gathered together with friends making toasts, mm-hmm. right? 
with and and how many people do you think toasted Betty White that night when they yeah. were with friends and family? She was probably toasted around the globe more than any other person on this planet by more people in history. There were two which, things like, that what that a way to go out personified that, which I thought I loved seeing these things on those on that day. There was one from Guy Branham who. I don't think we ever had him on the podcast, did we? No. I oh, I would have remembered. Yeah, I love Guy so much. But he was—he's—he did my other podcast, You're Making It Worse, and he's been a good friend for years. And he tweeted something basically being like, essentially that, that, you know, she's someone who is so smart that instead of living to 99, she knew that if it was... If it was if to 100. A, if, or to 100, that if she... If she went out just a few weeks shy of her 100, you're going to be talking about her. And she's going to die with the People magazine cover and all of these things. And I think my other favorite one was the New York Times sort of write-up that sort of was just a a very simple write-up of celebrities and people sort of talking about Betty White online. And the headline basically read, celebrities, presidents, and essentially the entire internet is talking about Betty White. And Mm -hmm. it was just sort of like, to dominate in that way without ever having done really anything particularly controversial all all her life was about creating laughter and love and connection for people around the world to sort of sort of funnel through her and Mm -hmm. that's a beautiful beautiful life and even with you seeing my text message and me going no being dramatic and extra as fuck which i always am um and but it warranted it. I will say it, it, it warranted, yeah, it warranted no it. in all yeah. caps because but I knew exactly what you, you were knew, talking about. But the fact that you knew exactly what I was talking about, I think, speaks to because our friendship, our connection, you know, you being a member of my family is because of the Golden Girls. Mm-hmm. And it's and it's it's sort of a beautiful thing that like you knew exactly what I was talking about without having to me having to say anything. And it was just kind of it's kind of nice that we have that. And I think a lot of Golden Girls fans have that too, where you meet another person and you create these lifelong friendships with people. And sure, they have different lives and different opinions and different ways of living and different things, maybe different political beliefs, all these different things. But you have the Golden Girls to connect on and that's what you connect on. And it creates bonds and friendships. And and even if you're just at a boring party and you find someone to talk about something with the Golden Girls, someone will... You'll be you'll ha- you'll leave with a friend, and it's mm-hmm. it's. I can't think of another show that does that. You know what I mean? Like, not even like I love Lucy. Like, sure, everyone loves Lucy, so I'm not going to be surprised if someone loves Lucy. But if you find out someone loves Golden Girls at a party or something, in a weird way, it's it's like they're in on an inside joke, and and they get your humor and you get their humor, so you immediately are friends. It's a connecting thing that mm-hmm. I don't think other shows really have. You know. I agree. I think maybe the closest thing would be Friends. I think I could see that. Friends That's also very I Love Lucy one. to me. It was mm-hmm. just so big. I love mm-hmm. whereas Golden Girls I think had an is still niche. You know what I mean? Hmm. It is interesting. It is very niche in that like there aren't a lot of straight guys watching it. And then they watch it because they're girlfriends or whatever. Their friends watch it. And then the ones the straight guys that do get it recognize that it's great writing and stuff, but they don't necessarily So there is this niche element to it that mm-hmm. I think makes it even more special than a big show like Friends or I Love Lucy or Everybody Loves Raymond. Those really big shows. Right, you know? right. Um, 
And, and, and again, it speaks to sort of the marginalized nature of why we respond to these women. We respond to these women because they were different from what society tells, the, tells you that mm -hmm. these women are supposed to be. Whereas in Friends, those are all the people you expect to see in the world. Those are the people who run right. things and who get things and who get everything. And they're the special ones. And with the Golden Girls, they weren't necessarily special. They were society made them other different and so because of that you connect with them in a way that makes them special to you that makes them important to you and that if someone gets how special they are then that person is special to you i think that was very beautifully put oh well thank you so much i write for a living <laughs> <laughs> you can tell oh yeah no it's it's yeah it's a moment it's so much um it does feel but, great sitting here just talking to you and talking about just being able to talk about our feelings about betty and the show and the girls and you know as tough as it's been for me for you for everyone of course um there's something very comforting in being able to talk about it and to you know remember and celebrate her well, and also, I mean, one of the things that I think is very special to you and I, not to toot our own horns, but we we did create this podcast because we just love the Golden Girls, and we didn't know that we'd be creating a community of people that would be following us along for years and years, even after we finished the last episode, and who still want to hear from us and see what we do and what we're doing with the Golden Girls. And that's a really amazing thing. And because of that, you and I have been afforded moments in our lives where we've come close to, you know, the Betty, or we've, we've, we've come close, we've, we've reached things that maybe not every listener who, you know, it doesn't make their lives about the Golden Girls can get. And, and I think that that's something I'm really special about. I mean, for me, it was with Jimmy Kimmel and getting the tattoo. And then of course, the tattoo getting a lot of press and stuff. And then having Jim, uh, Betty White on Jimmy Kimmel with people showing her the tattoos of the Golden Girls. And, with, I forget who, I forget even how I got booked on it. I think it was from my friend Emily, who was then the booker for like stand-ups. And they put me last to sort of show my tattoo last with Betty. And, and just having Betty White say that she's really glad that she's not me is a really special thing that I will always have for the rest of my life. And it, it just, it's so fitting and perfect and wonderful. That's so funny. I, yeah, that, that is such a fun, it was, I mean, again, it just goes to show how sharp and funny she always was. Yeah. Um, yeah, I do feel, I feel very lucky to have, um, had the opportunity to see her in conversation with Valerie Bertinelli a couple of years ago to talk about her career. And, you know, they didn't allow any, you know, any photos, any recordings at the event. I mean, I was sitting far back and it wasn't like stadium seating. So even if I tried to take out my phone to record, I was literally like sitting, I put my purse under my bum to sit on it so I could see high enough to see Betty in her chair. <laughs> um, but it was, you know, it was just such a special, special thing to be able to see. I, she came out on stage and m me and also just people around me, men around me cried. We cried, mm. like mm. we cried. I was like, oh, I'm seeing Betty White in person. I'm gonna cry, and I cried. Um, it was really, really lovely. Um, very That's quickly, I, I know we're gonna start getting into some um, messages memories. and yeah. memories of that, um, that some friends of the podcast and also that you all um, uh, also sent in. But I very quickly, as I'm sure so many people have been doing, scrolling through social media, um, I uh, 
had just taken a screen grab of a couple of things that were really interesting about, um, about Betty. Um, one I'm going to save for a little bit. No, maybe I'll say it. Okay. Um, (laughs) so, uh, let's see. This is just so, so sweet. Um, so Lane Moore, who's a really great comedian and Love writer, Lane and so much, and does the the Tinder Live show, which is so incredibly popular. She's literally, I can't even tell you guys. You follow Lane Moore. She is one of follow the Lane funniest, Moore. smartest people in the world. Um, so Lane had posted this. It, it, gosh, I don't know. It could be even from Wikipedia. I have no idea. Um, but when uh, talking about um, uh, her husband, her late husband Alan Ludden, um, in an interview with Larry King. When asked whether she would remarry, Betty replied by saying, once you've had the best, who needs the rest? When asked by James Lipton on Inside the Actor's Studio that should heaven exist, what would she like God to say to her when she walked through the pearly gates? White replied, hello, Betty, here's Alan. Oh. I know, I know. Okay, so a sad one, but I'm going to follow it up with a happy one. No, that's a happy (laughs) one, too, though. That's a happy one. It is. It's a sweet one. It's very poignant. Um. Uh, this was someone who actually replied to Guy Branham on Twitter. So you and I must have been reading the same thing. Um, they said, uh, as someone else pointed out, there's 24 leap years in like Betty White's lifetime. So add 24 days and technically she was 100. Yeah. Um, so anyway, well, I, 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 just... I will say I, there's one thing I did want to bring up that I meant to bring up in our NPR interview, but I just didn't because um, we brought up so many things. Uh, but I... One of the things that strikes me is she, she of course, had success. She worked in television throughout her life, radio and television. She never really, even from a young age, she was working in radio and television. But she didn't really click, connect in a nationwide way until 1973 with um, the Mary Tyler Moore show. That's when she became really a household name and her fame really sort of exploded. And in 1973, she would have been... What is it? it? This is 2021, 22. She was born in 1922. So what's the math there? That's 32, 40. Oh, don't ask me that. I, you That's know 41. I was in the interactive she was, math she program. Was, she was 41 when she... Uh, <laughs> no, she was 51. She was 51. Wow, we can't do math. She was in her 50s when she became famous. And it just... That's an amazing thing to me. That, that someone became famous at that age in an era where women after 40 really didn't get famous very often and didn't get a lot of work. And most of her success and wealth and fame came after she was quote unquote, a senior citizen in a lot of ways. And she was getting, she would have been getting AARP stuff when she started Mary Tyler Moore stuff, which is mind blowing to me that she's just sort of a statement of like, it doesn't matter how old you are. And she even said this herself. It doesn't matter. Age doesn't matter. It's just go and do it and, and, and live your life and be happy and be healthy and be giving to other people. And it's, she's just, that Testament is a, is something really special to me. You, you were, that's so true. And you reminded me of, um, you know, even before all of this, like, you know, like you said, Mary Tyler Moore show was really what made her a household name. Um, but prior to that, when she had her her show Life with Elizabeth from 1953 to 1955, um, that was a show that she was a producer, a writer, an actor. Betty says something really, really great about her experience at that time about, you know, being a woman behind the camera, which, you know, in the early 50s, in the 50s, wasn't wasn't super commonplace. Yeah. And she said at the time, you know, women on TV 
couldn't be smart, beautiful, and funny. They could be one or two, but not all three of those things. Mm-hmm. And Betty acknowledges that, you know, she fit that mold, like her and Lucille Ball. Um, yeah. So, you know, she was such a pioneer in the television industry for women. And 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 she continued to have these resurgences in so many ways. And, and you know, the Snickers commercial was another resurgence yeah. for Betty at she one point. She was the first then she went on to host to win- SNL to win an, an Emmy for um, being a game show host. She, I mean, there are so many instances of Betty White sort of being a trailblazer in a lot of ways. And she was, I mean, she just was. And even even with the whole SNL Snickers sort of resurgence that they talked about her having, to her, she was always like, I never went anywhere. I never went away. You know, I, I don't know what this renaissance is, but... I guess people just weren't paying attention, which we were always paying attention, at least the core group of the fans. Always paying attention. Always, always, always. Yeah. But should we get to some of these? these, We have two very important people that have something to say. And and uh, and then of course we have messages from our fans as well that and we need to hear from. So I'm not gonna lie, I listen to them and your voices, fans of the Golden Girls, were deep deep in my ears and my AirPods. And I'm walking around my kitchen and I'm heating up sweet potato mush for my baby and just sobbing. <laughs> so thank you yeah. all. Thank you all for sending them in. Thank you all for being so incredibly vulnerable. Um, it's it means it means the world to us. I just yeah. want to say that. So before we get to them, though, let's take a little break, and we will be right back with some messages from some amazing people. As a longtime listener of this podcast, or maybe you're new, who knows? Because we got we get so many new people who just watch the Golden Girls and they listen to our podcast, which we love. So if you're new, welcome. Uh, but as longtime listeners, you know that two of our best friends, Elliot Glazer and Alaska Thunderfuck, are regular guests on Out on the Lanai, and we would be remiss not to have them as a part of this tribute to Betty White, don't you think, Carrie? I agree. Yes, absolutely. So let's hear from them. Hey, Elliot Glazer here, friend of the pod. Just expressing my (sighs) sadness over the loss of Betty White. Um, I consider it bittersweet in that she was nearly a century old. um, And I believe for more than half of that, yeah, certainly more than half of that, she was very famous. um, Which I really think does speak to her talent both as an actress and as a personality. Um, How could you not love Betty White? Uh, I also think that her uncanny ability to not play dumb, but play naive um, was just so elevated. She was just so elevated, and the way that Rose saw the world in a very literal way at times, um, but she also had like a really deep emotional capacity um, which is why, of course, Dorothy brought her to New York when she went to go see the doctor regarding her chronic fatigue syndrome. Who would want Blanche there? Uh, God, you just you just couldn't you couldn't help yourself from just loving that woman. Um, and so she will certainly be missed, um, but not forgotten. 
maybe the Golden Palace, but but everything else in the in her repertoire will never be forgotten. We love you, Betty. Hi, this is Alaska. Um, this is a very happy, sad, you know, occasion. I think we all knew that uh, Betty White was really, really old. And um, we knew that one day this day would come. Uh, and the good thing to remember is that she is such a boss and basically like kind of invented television uh and that's iconic and really admirable and um and i always said because like okay you know the three golden girls who who passed away kind of passed away almost you know kind of in a similar time period and then you know betty was the last one and it was always a question of like well do oh my gosh she's she's next she's gonna die soon right and i always said whenever anyone would like suggest like betty white dying i was like no she's the woman bob hope she's going to live to be a hundred and uh, that's just how it's going to be. And I was pretty close and someone did the math. Uh, there was like a meme or something and someone did the math and they were like, well, she was almost to her 100th birthday. But if you count all of the leap years that she lived through, then she technically made it to 100. So, I mean, 99, 100. She's such a pro. She said, it's New Year's Eve. Everyone's going to be dressed up and in party hats anyway. So, you know what? I'm just going to... I'm going to do it right on time on New Year's Eve. She's so iconic and so stunning. And the thing about her is, of course... Rose Nyland is such a, you know, such a tour de France um, as a as a character uh, because she never played her stupid and she was very careful not to do that. And it's what makes Rose so lovable is that she just has a really sincere, authentic way of looking at the world and that made her just so lovable and Betty White played it with such such grace and such wit and uh is just really amazing and her her career beyond just the golden girls uh is really admirable because you got the sense that i don't know at, at least outward facing she was relentlessly positive and uh, always trying to see the best in the world. And um, and uh, I never got the sense that she was like a mean, rotted, you know, Hollywood person. Uh, so God bless her. And um, thank you, H. Allen and Carrie, for... Uh, doing this very special episode and we love you so much um betty white uh god bless bye okay that was sweet that was, that so was sweet. very very sweet i miss the two of them dearly i know i know i mean i see elliot all the time 
and I text a lot. Actually, you guys are always in my life. We're always texting, so I feel like I see you guys all the time, but we never see each other. We see each oh. other's words on a we tiny do. box that we communicate through. There's a constant stream of communication, and I'm so grateful for all of you. But another group of people that I'm very, that we're both very, very grateful for is this, as we've been talking about throughout the entire episode, this community that we've created with this podcast and the people who have listened for years or maybe just recently started listening, who knows? We asked when Betty White passed away for people to send in audio clips of just their memories of Betty, of their favorite moments, of what she means to them, of what the Golden Girls mean to them. And I, whenever you do something like this, as someone who, we do podcasts a lot, we do entertainment stuff a lot, when you ask people to do something, nine times out of ten, they're not going to do it. (laughs) They don't want to do it. And it's like pulling teeth sometimes to get questions from people or to get responses. And this, we did not have a problem getting people sending in audio for. We got a lot of people sending in audio, and of course we can't use all of them because this would be a four-hour podcast then if we did But just know that we did listen to all of them and we We appreciate everyone taking that call to action and running with it. Yeah, yeah. But here is a collection of just some really, really poignant, sweet comments that we've gotten from listeners that I recognize, that I message with, and that have become friends over the years and people that I don't know but are amazing Golden Girls friends from afar. So... Let's hear from them. Hi there. I wanted to leave a message about great stories about Betty White. I'll try to make them as short as possible because I have so many, but I'm giving you my top three. Number one was uh, in 2020, in January, I actually went to her 98th birthday party and it was everything Betty would love, which were a bunch of animals were brought in and she got to play and pet with the animals. It was the cutest thing. She had a kimono dragon on her lap and was just sitting there petting it. My second favorite Betty White story is that uh, my husband, who works for her, and the reason why I know I have so many great stories about her, he has been her security for the past six years. She was supposed to make a surprise appearance on the Emmys and the Emmys were going to have Alec Baldwin walk her out and she was like, absolutely not. And had her doctor make my husband her medical escort so that he was the one who walked her out on the Emmy stage. Super proud moment. He had to buy a tuxedo and little sidebar, uh, Betty used to call him her skyfall. Another great Betty moment I have is that when she found out that my husband and I were getting married in Mexico and we couldn't bring our dog with us, who is our baby, she, Betty, made these cutouts for us to take our dog, quote unquote, take her to Mexico with us. And she signed them on the back. One says, to Christian and Robert with love, Betty White. And that cutout is in all of our wedding pictures. And it was super cute. Hey guys, long time listener, first time caller. I just watched the episode where she uh, stole Fernando back from Daisy and she snatched him out of her hand. Demonstrates the comedic timing and how no one did it like Betty. She was the best. She was our golden girl. 
she will be forever missed. And I'm sure B was enraged to see her. Sending you all love today. Oh my goodness. So my favorite thing about Betty White is that she peaked on her last day. She was on the cover of People magazine right before she passed away. She was working up until the very end. I hope to have the same commitment to my art and to live life so full out just like Betty White did. I can't imagine the stamina to have a career that many decades long. And I am just so grateful to have gotten to live at the same time as Betty White showing us how to do it iconically and hilariously. You are absolutely one of the first people I thought of when I heard that our girl, Betty White, passed away. And my favorite memory, of course, was back in like 2005. I had just gotten my first apartment. And I was going through some heartbreaking times. My boyfriend and I had broken up and I was watching Golden Girls on one of my DVDs. It was Sophia's wedding. And in the episode, which is normally cut from television, this was on DVD, the joke got through where Blanche says, do you know what I hate most about cleaning up after big party? And Rose says, trying to find your underwear in the big pile. And I had never heard that joke. Now, mind you, I had watched every every single episode on television uh, more times than I could count. But it was just so beautiful and refreshing to suddenly find some buried treasure. So I guess the beautiful thing about Betty White was there was always so much more unexpectedness. So many great things that were yet to come. And she always surprised you, kind of like your favorite grandma. In a way, she's everybody's grandma. She belonged to the world. And so we all collectively mourn her loss. All right, H. Allen, take care and say hi to baby Aurora. Squidzy. Betty White actually helped me get through the enormous task of giving the eulogy at my grandmother's funeral. Uh, My grandma and I would love to watch the Golden Girls and Empty Nest together. Every Saturday night, she'd make popcorn. And when she passed away, it was my job to give her eulogy. And knowing that I would definitely cry if uh, facing all those people, I decided to talk about the Golden Girls, particularly the episode in which Rose plans Sophia's wake but doesn't bother to tell the guests that Sophia is still alive. And I remember saying the line about how when people walk in and they say something like, Sophia, you have quite a nerve still being alive or not being dead. And even the priest was laughing. Everybody at the funeral was laughing, which is exactly what my grandma would have wanted. Thank you for being a friend. Um, from as far back as I can remember... Probably the age of four, my earliest memories of television are watching the Golden Girls. And even from that early on, I always loved, loved, loved Betty White and Rose Nyland, who eventually just became the same person in my mind. Um, As soon as news broke today, I had so many family members and friends reaching out on text and social media to see if I was okay, because... I think Golden Girls fans are special in that we don't see this show as just a show. And we don't see these women as just actors or characters on a show. We view them as family. Hi, guys. I just wanted to say uh, what Betty meant to me. Um, I suffer from really bad anxiety. And uh, the Golden Girls has always been a source of comfort for me. 
<clears throat> wrote to Betty in 2010, um, just kind of a fan letter telling her this. And she actually wrote me back. I have a framed picture of her that's uh, autographed with my name on it written in her cute uh, old lady handwriting. <laughs> and the fact that she took time to write to one of her fans like that just really shows what kind of person she was. Uh, she's a treasure. Uh, they're all treasures, all four of them. And I'm glad that they are together. And I, I love them all. Uh, rest in peace, Betty. Hey, H. Allen, Carrie, uh, thank you so much for letting me share some of my thoughts about Betty White. <laughs> um, so this weekend, I have been bereft, okay, bereft, uh, ever since I heard that Betty White passed away. And for me, and I'm honestly, for everyone, it feels so personal, you know, because she was so much to so many of us. And that's a testament to her career, um, to her pioneering um, broadcasting and television, to her good-heartedness. I mean, no one can say anything bad about her. And that is a feat for 99 years. And everyone is universally sad about you passing um, is amazing. Uh, for me, um, the Golden Girls as the show has always been, you know, my surrogate grandmothers. I didn't really have uh, a grandmother figure uh, growing up and uh, they filled that blank for me. But Betty White was beyond that. She was, um, for me, an icon, an inspiration. You know, she was a woman who got married three times. She was a woman who loved animals and she didn't have any kids and she lived her life on her terms. And I'm going to miss just having, um, you know, that older person to look up to that wisdom. Um, and also the comedy. I mean, homegirl's timing was on point and she went out with such a bang, you know? And she owes us nothing. Betty White owes us nothing. She gave us 99 years and we're so lucky to have had her. So kudos, Ms. White, for making quite an exit, for taking down 2020 and saying, F you, I'm, I'm going to be what you're going to be talking about at the end of the year. Um, but not just, I don't want to just thank you for being a friend. I want to thank you for being a person who is inspirational, who is kind, who is funny, and who taught me some really good life lessons. So thank you, Betty. I just wanted to say hello, H. Allen and Carrie. And I wanted to say thank you for arranging this memorial for Betty White. My dads and my brother have been watching the Golden Girls forever. I remember watching it when I was about six years old. My dad would pack for his vacations and play it on a portable DVD player. And I would sit there and watch the Golden Girls while he would fold his shirts. And I never quite understood the humor, but as I got older, I could use the Golden Girls as something that would hold my family together. And while I'm very sad about Betty White's loss, I am so glad that I have been able to have 18 years of my life with her in it. Thank you, and 
Thank you for being a friend. Oh, so, okay. I was going to surprise Carrie and not have her listen to that audio beforehand. And then as I was editing it together, like, I started to cry. And I was like, oh, crap. No, I can't do that to Carrie. I have to, like, have her listen beforehand so she's not a mess when she comes back from listening to that. So, so sweet, right, Carrie? So sweet. So incredibly sweet. I, like I said before our break, I appreciated everyone being vulnerable with us and sharing their feelings with us. And I think it just really does go to show how much of an impact that Betty White and the Golden Girls have had on so many people on such a global level. And it really was, it was so special to listen to. And I, as all of your voices were in my ears, I, I felt like we were all like in the same room hugging and and sharing these wonderful stories and tributes to her. So it was just, it was, it was just what I needed. It was just what I needed. Yeah, definitely. Well, let's take one last break and we will come back with our golden takeaways, which I mean, what can we do? (laughs) This is quite gonna, this is gonna be our hardest golden takeaway ever, but we'll be right back. Oh, this golden takeaway is a hard one. We always do a golden takeaway, always. It's very important to our show to do a golden takeaway. And how do you do a golden takeaway for Betty's life? Like, how do you do that? Like, what would be the golden takeaway? Well, for me, I I have a couple things I want to say as my golden takeaway about Betty White's life. Um, First is, I think something that I hope will maybe make some people feel a little comforted. Um, and maybe some of you have already read this. It's from a 2012 New York times interview. Um, I'm just going to read a little snippet here. It says, quote, my mother had a wonderful approach to death. White said, she always thought of it as she said, we know we have managed to find out almost anything that exists, but nobody knows what happens at that moment when it's over. She continued, and she said, it's the one secret that we don't know. So whenever we lose somebody very close and very dear, she would always say, well, now he knows the secret. And it took the curse off of it somehow. That outlook fueled White's own view of death. She said, I have no fear or dread of death, adding with a smile, but I'm happy as a lark to stay around as long as I can. I mean, like, how do you, I mean, uh, I can't, I can't. It's just, she's like, she's like the Buddha. She's like the Pope. She's like everything. She gives these, these nuggets of, of just wisdom that are just so perfect. Mm -hmm. I can't. Yeah. And the thing about Betty White, Betty White didn't take anything for granted. You know, she was warm and compassionate. And from all the stories that I've heard about her, just in reading articles and then people, you know, telling all these these threads on Twitter, all these stories about her is that she treated everyone as an equal. She was never above anyone. She loved animals. She adored her pets and her stepchildren. And her secret to a long, healthy life was hot dogs, ice cream, and martinis. And I mean. I know. And... You know, I don't th- I don't think that Betty White would want us to be sad today. I think that she would honestly 
She would want us all to strive to be the best versions of ourselves and to try to shine as brightly as she did for all those years. I truly think that's what she would want. And I mean, I'm just going to echo all of that in my golden takeaway because that was so perfectly put. And I think I was trying to think of something that sort of makes me think of Betty in a way that is also maybe a metaphor for life and stuff. And to me, it all comes down to Fernando. It does. It comes down to little baby Fernando. And I'm just going to play that clip real quick. I've been doing a lot of thinking. If after all the years of love and companionship, Fernando and I are meant to part company, I'll just have to accept that. Time to time, life deals you an unfriendly hand. There's nothing you can do about it. I guess there's a lesson to be learned here. Sometimes life just isn't fair, kiddo. Sometimes life isn't fair, you know? Sometimes life isn't fair. People die, things happen, things get taken away. But if you can, like, screw over a little kid and have a laugh about it, that, to me, is the meaning of life. <laughs> and, and, and I think that is such a perfect metaphor for, for Betty White and for her life and how wonderful she is. And I also wanted to end this on a really happy, positive note because yes. that's what Betty White would want. Betty White yes. would want us to have a laugh. And, and so I'm so glad that I want that to be my last sort of tribute to Betty is her stealing a bear from a child. Um, oh, stealing back, stealing yeah, back, stealing back, stealing back, yeah, stealing, stealing back, back stealing back. Yes. Yeah. Um, yeah. So, perfect. well, so it perfect. has been so lovely and so much melancholy around, uh, recording. It's, I yeah. always love talking to you. I always love talking about the golden girls. Obviously there's a little bit of a rain cloud over this one, but it's been therapeutic. I hope for uh-huh. you as well. I hope for some people listening that you're able to find some comfort and to know that we are all right now having this like Fible Goes West an American tale. We're all staring <laughs> up at the same moon right now that is Betty White and loving her and remembering Somewhere her. out there. Because <laughs> mm-hmm, mm-hmm. we need a little Christmas. Um, that was a deep cut. Only the, was. Only the most hardcore out in the Lanai fans will... Oh. I think I think um, uh, uh, I think we should end on singing exactly what Betty White's family always did when they went off to surgery or had anything you know important happening. Do you remember? Do you remember this from the episode? Over there, over there, over there. (laughs) Send the word, send the word, over there, there. because the Yanks Yanks are are coming. (laughs) The Yanks are coming. What a perfect way to end. Oh my gosh. Thank you all so much for listening. And we hope that you'll also uh, enjoy our re-release of the best of Rose moments uh, with a brand new intro for you guys to check out. We love you. We're all here holding hands right now on Richmond street and sitting on wicker. And remember, (laughs) and and remember as always, even on the toughest of days, (laughs) we were going to sink it. Okay. Even on the toughest of days, remember, Remember. stay stay golden.
everywhere. 